Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. And as always, we are here to get you ready with everything you need to know leading up to the next game. We are coming off a of bye week. Typically, we recap a game, then move forward. But there isn't one to recap. And we right. did a little bit of sort of the big picture stuff last week of looking at where the team stands at this point in the season. So now we figured we just kind of jump ahead and look at the Browns game and just the second half of the season, even though it's not quite half. It's just an easy time right. to, to look at that. So for now, why don't we just start with the Browns and some of the keys to the game for you, the things that you feel like this team is really needing to focus on? I think this game is going to hinge on the run game on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. So I think for the Buccaneers' defense, it's going to be being able to stop the run. Mm -hmm. The Browns have not been able to successfully run the ball as of late. They didn't have that power-rushing attack against the Bills that we're used to seeing. They had success early on with Nick Chubb, and their offense and the way that their personnel is bit, built is predicated on running the football. So when they're able to get Nick Chubb moving, then that sets up play action. It sets up those Jacoby Brissett scrambles, and it sets up the operation of their offense. But when they get behind, that they haven't been able to su sustain that success through after the first quarter. And so then they're not able to run the football. They're forced to be one-dimensional. So if the Bucks can stop the run, stop Nick Chubb, and force them to be one-dimensional, then they're going to be in, in good shape. And then for the Buccaneers, I think it's going to be creating that balanced attack that we saw in Germany, getting Rashad White involved. We don't really know what exactly the hit pointer situation is with Leonard Fournette, but getting those guys going, because I think one of the, the weaknesses right now for the Browns is that interior of their defensive line that's just led to these gaping holes. I mean, teams are having record high days running the football against that team. Mm -hmm. So if the Bucks can take advantage of that and create that balanced attack, which again will set up the play action, set up more time for Tom Brady in the pocket to survey the field, take shots downfield, then I think that's more aspects that that Browns defense is going to have to contend with. But, I mean, when you look at Nick Chubb and this offense, I mean, he is one of the best backs in the league. I mean, just that one cut, downhill, explosive. And, you know, if, if a defense over-pursues, you know, he's able to quickly cut back and just – He's nearly impossible to take down in the open field. So I think he's certainly going to be one of the the biggest things for, for this Bucks defense this week. Yeah, I think that the matchups this year that we've thought would go one way and then didn't have been pretty often. It's been yes. interesting of how we're like, oh, I think this is how this will play out. So I'm almost hesitant to make this kind of prediction because we've said it before and it hasn't worked very well. But I feel like this is a perfect matchup for what the Bucks need at mm -hmm. this point because – we saw what they were able to do against Seattle, and we want to see that it can be sustained, right? That we want mm -hmm. to see that wasn't sort of a one-off game in terms of it being the game plan the Bucks want, where they were able to run the ball, which then opened up some of the more explosive plays, mm -hmm. and they were able to stop the run and get a defensive takeaway, like every single thing that they'd felt like they'd wanted to do. This feels like a good team to have a second game in a row go that way mm -hmm. and hopefully build that confidence. Because like you said, the Bucks are going to want to be able to run the ball and the Browns give up the run a lot. And so that mm -hmm. would be a great confidence boost for right. this offensive line, for this run game to continue that again. And they have, you know, they're going to want to run the ball. We knew that about Seattle as mm -hmm. well. And they still held Walker to 17 yards on 10 did, carries. Yeah. So I think that, they seem, seem to really benefit when they know that's what the team is going to want to do. So I feel like it's another game where if they can stop Chubb, stop the run a bit, get some of those run yards early. And mm -hmm. 
the Browns are a team that they don't seem to handle it well when things don't go their way perfectly, that they don't bounce back from some of that, that they seem like they they fall victim to right. mistakes. Those adjustments aren't Yeah, there, and so mistakes no. of, you know, whether it's dropping passes in the end zone last week, it's a fumble, it's these little things. And also their special teams has been a yes. big struggle for them. And they just feel like a team that is mistake prone. Mm-hmm. And when we know that the Bucks have needed some more turnovers, that they got that first one in Seattle, it feels like a game that, that you can maybe produce some of those and you can capitalize on a team that when they make a mistake, they don't tend to always bounce back from it well. Um, it just feels like a game that could be exactly what the Bucks need in, in all mm-hmm. those different areas. But I will say it's interesting that, you know, we would have assumed maybe going into this season that part of why they were running the ball so much is just because they weren't going to have superb quarterback play, that maybe there wasn't a lot of expectation on Jacoby Brissett. But it's so interesting that he is not their problem. Right. That I think I saw he has the sixth highest QBR mm-hmm. in the whole league. Who would have seen that coming? Oh, he he has played. I mean, their record is not indicative of how of he's playing because it's he so has been phenomenal. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. And and I know that this Browns team of the last couple of years, I think if they'd had the play that Jacoby Brissett has been doing this year, they would have gone a lot farther these last couple of years. So then it's interesting that now he's got, you know, he's playing the best ball of his career. Oh, yeah. But then other areas of the team have really kind of let them down. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to just be an interesting matchup, of, especially compared to what we would have thought it would have been early in the year potentially. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that this matchup has the capability of being a, a good indicator for the Bucks and, and just getting them again, that momentum that hopefully the bye week didn't halt, mm-hmm. that, that momentum of that final drive against the Rams and then the Seattle game, it feels like a team that could do that as well. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, you mentioned Leonard Fournette's hit pointer and we'll see, uh, we're, we're recording this Wednesday morning. Right. So we have essentially no injury You're information to go off to of. go off of at this point. So we are very sorry because of the whole Thanksgiving week, it's thrown off the schedule. So we have very little to go on of what could end up happening of who is and isn't available this week. But, um, one thing that we do know injury-wise is that Giovanni Bernard has been designated to return from injured reserve, which right. means it starts a 21-day window where he is able to be activated yeah. to the roster. And I think that I don't know that it will be for this Sunday, but I think there is a chance because they typically don't want to cut it close on that 21-day window. So typically if you're getting activated, it's like they think you're ready within that next week, maybe two at the most, because you're you're not activating someone you think is potentially 22 (laughs) days away from being ready. Um, And I think that, you know, having the questions about Fournette, and even if he's available, you're probably not wanting to run him into the ground. So to have Gio coming back, and now I don't know how many – Carries are going to be available. A lot will depend on Fournette's health. We've seen in terms of a third back, Keyshawn Vaughn has just been getting his first opportunities mm-hmm. recently. It's only two, four carries a game. So there's there's not tons available for a third back because Rashad White's doing so well, because Fournette had done well. Um, but if Fournette's not available as much, I think that would be really helpful to have Giovanni back in the lineup. For you, what are the biggest maybe matchups to watch Ooh. in this game against the Browns? A lot of a lot of good ones this week. I think I have two. And my first one is certainly going to be Tristan Wirfs against Miles Garrett. Man, every week I feel like it's Tristan Wirfs versus some incredible, insane defensive end. I mean, the guy can't catch a break. That's what you get for being but, a tackle, yeah. you know? That's right. what you get. But I mean Miles Garrett, you cannot let him have a day because he can most certainly wreck wreck a game. I mean, his 
rare bend, that explosive get off. I mean, he is almost unblockable and routinely commands double teams. And just how he is able to cover ground off of that initial burst, you know, he he causes a lot of issues for four tackles that can't counter and can't come back from it, and then he's already dropping the quarterback in the backfield. So, I mean, he's that's going to be a huge matchup this week to make sure that they keep Tom Brady upright in the pocket and they can get that run game going. And then I'm also going to go with Amari Cooper, which – I'm not going to lie, it's still weird to see him in a Browns jersey. Yep. But Amari Cooper versus either Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis. They've been rotating Amari for, yeah. for both sides. Um, but he is just one of the best route runners in the league. I mean, those those subtle movements off the line of scrimmage, the way that he baits DBs. I mean, he's an incredible, incredible athlete. So I think how you know they're able to stay with him and not be deceived by Amari's perspective precision I think is going to be big this week to, to prevent because I mean he's one of Jacoby Brissett's go-to targets yep. downfield and in the red zone yep. so it's going to be big being able to stop him this week yeah I think mine's going to be Akeem Hicks versus the whole middle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. the whole the whole middle um I, I just feel like getting to watch him hopefully shut down all that middle area for Nick Chubb right. for their run game and I think we've just it's been so cool to watch what a difference he's made yes and I do think big part of the difference he's made does not always lend to him getting the stats. You know, it's that he is taking up all these double teams and blocking up these huge areas and then freeing up other guys to maybe be making the the stats themselves. Right. But I feel like this could be a game where we see Akeem get some of his own, that we not only see him make the difference that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but we see him get a few more maybe – couple tackles for loss maybe getting back up in there and, and really shutting down that run right. game um he's my guy that I just, and I just am excited to see him put a few games together yes of being back being healthy having his legs under him coming off a bye week even healthier hopefully um so I think that's my my matchup to watch how about um either a, an individual player or a position group that you're excited to watch I actually have two for this one and my first is going to be Antoine Winfield Jr. I think he's going to have a really big game when you look at just the the way that this Browns offense is. You've got the the quarterback runs with Jacoby Brissett. You've got their run game with Nick Chubb. And so whether Antoine is lined up deep as a safety in base and he's, you know, kind of the the last line of defense and that safety help over the top against an Amari Cooper or against a Donovan Peoples-Jones or he's coming up to stop the run, or he's trying, you know, Brissett breaks for a run. He could be kind of in that one-on-one matchup with either Chubb or Brissett. So it's going to be this game could really hinge upon his ability to to break some of that up at the line of scrimmage. And then also teams have had a lot of success in kind of an, an over-the-middle passing game against the Browns to try and mitigate the pressure of Miles Garrett and to, to shut him out completely. So I think you could see a big impact from Kate Otten or Chris Godwin over the middle of the field being able to exploit kind of some of those intermediate underneath, underneath zones mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, I think mine is going to be Rashad White. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we talked about the Browns cannot stop the run for, yes. for to save their lives. And I think to watch – Rashad, this last game against Seattle, it mm-hmm. felt like his coming out party, you it know, did. and <laughs> that first, is it. first hundred yard game. And when we don't know how healthy Fournette is going to be, that just feels like the perfect recipe. And and he talked this week to the media about how his confidence level is so high. Right. And 
when you see a stiff arm play like you saw against Seattle, I think it is safe to say that, yeah, he is feeling himself at this point. He was saying he just felt like it was just a normal play. Like, it wasn't like he set out to, like... Oh, no, you watched him watching the replay, and it was just like, oh, oh. yeah, no and big deal. sends Quandre Diggs into oblivion, and he's just... Oh, yeah, no yeah, big deal. I just feel like he's at a place now where he is not thinking or playing like a rookie. That right. he feels like, I am. this is my time, and he talked about how much opportunities mean to him that he's a guy that knows to value those if you know anything about his background and um, what it took to get him yeah. to the NFL he does not waste opportunities and this week with both Fournette being a little banged up and the Browns having a terrible run defense if that's not an opportunity I don't know what is yeah so he's my exactly. he's my guy um, all right we're gonna throw a new little segment for just this week because of course Thanksgiving so what are you thankful for about this Bucks team or season so far or something you're thankful for moving forward about the team? I would say just honestly the the people in this organization, the friendships that I've been able to form in my first year since coming in April and just how this organization really values and prioritizes family. Mm -hmm. You know, I lost my grandfather a few weeks ago and the outpour of love from this organization has meant the world to me. It's meant the world to my family. So just being here in Tampa, surrounded by so many wonderful people, including players, coaches all across the board, has just been really encouraging for, for me. That's awesome. I love that. And, uh, yeah, I think that um, I'm thankful for a few things. One, for the off-the-field stuff, uh, that it's an organization that um, – it supports and empowers women so much. Yes. I was thinking about how much I love getting to do this podcast with you, that yes. two women getting a chance to talk about football and that that wasn't even a, a question and it wasn't even brought up about why we're doing it. It was just how it worked. Yeah. And um, that it's been cool that both of us, I know, have had the experience of female fans coming up to us at community events or mm -hmm. you know something else and, and just saying, oh my gosh, I love getting to listen to you guys doing this and it's so inspiring for me as a woman to hear you guys talking about it. So I'm very thankful for that. And then in terms of maybe on the field, uh, I'm just very thankful that, um, you know, the NFC South has been struggling. And, yeah. uh, that at five and five, we sitting at the yeah. top, baby. Yeah. Very thankful. It's very helpful of all of them to be, uh, yeah. to be lending. Thank you. Appreciate that. The giving, yeah, the giving season of, uh, of Thanksgiving is right. the NFC South giving us at five and five that first place seat. So hopefully it will not be because of that that the Bucks are in the playoffs. It will be because they've turned things around and their record ends up being a lot better than the five and five that they are right now. But yes. you know what? Whatever gets you in the show, because then anything can happen once the playoffs start. So that's that's my, that's my <laughs> on the field thankfulness. All right, and we will close with our quote of the week. What is that Ooh. for you at this so point? So going on the same theme, what you were talking about earlier on in Keem Hicks. So I loved earlier in this week, Will Golston talked about the addition of what Akeem Hicks brings to the defensive line. And he said... That's a big man right there, and he holds up a lot of blockers, and if you try to block him one-on-one, -on -one, he's going to be able to get off and make the play. He opens up for the back end and other defensive linemen. And I just, I love that. He's yeah, just a big, a big man. man. And but that's also a, just, you know, very, very telling quote. And on, that's a big man saying that he's a big he, man. Right. Is, Will Golston is no, uh, is no little yeah, slouch. Like, man. Yeah. yeah, he's a giant dude calling him a big man. Yeah. So, yep, that is very fair. Um, okay, so my quote of the week is from Rashad White. And he was asked about just his opportunities that he's been getting and his confidence level and all of that stuff. And, um... I just love this. He said, the things I can control is my attitude and effort. And when I play, that's what I control. And I think we've seen that. that this guy has come in and done everything right. I mean, even down to when I went to all the rookie events, um, he was engaged and excited about all of them. And 
the fact that he showed up at the turkey time for the O-line this yes. week with his with little his baby. With his little baby. <laughs> yes. I don't recall in my, this is my eighth year here now, we haven't done the turkey times in the same way with the players the last couple because of COVID. Right. But in all the turkey times I've been to, I don't recall anybody that wasn't an offensive lineman ever going. And Rashad White went with his kid after getting his eyes dilated, yeah. <laughs> wearing some bigger sunglasses. Yeah. Um, had every reason not to go. go. And yet he wanted to be there to support his teammates and to give back to the community. And, um, you know, I just think that it's been so cool to watch how he's done everything right. And you can tell that of he controls his attitude and his effort. No matter how many opportunities he's getting on the field or off, whatever it is, he's going to control that. And to me, that is the quote I want to hear from a guy that's going to be here for a long time. Yeah. That that's a locker room changing mm -hmm. kind of a quote where – if everyone on the team feels that way, you're going to win a lot of games. That it's just your attitude and your effort that makes such a difference right. to this locker room. And to just hear that Rashad White at such a early stage of his career has got that figured out is pretty exciting. So, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa 2. Thank you so much for being with us. And we'll be back here next week to break down that game against the Browns. We'll see you then.